0: And we're live. And we're live. Episode nine. I told you I'm done counting. You're the counter. <laughs> You're the official I
1: th- ticker. I think it's nine. Honestly, so it's Sunday again. And
0: That's I feel funny. like we haven't filmed an episode in like three weeks. Well, as you know, I've been out, so it feels like a month for me. But let's roll the intro and get into it.
1: Sounds good. Yesterday at one point, I was in sick. How are you doing? I'm actually really good. Everything's been uh, been pretty good over here for the most part.
0: Still, I guess it, I guess it's been raining every day over here while I've been gone. That's how the wife, you know, finds an excuse not to water the garden.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I'm. I can't say we've been much better for weather, honestly. But uh, but it's been good. Been busy trying to get a uh, bikes rebuilt. Find parts, yeah. had some yeah. trouble with finding parts.
0: So what happens when you buy one of them exotic European bikes and, you know, put it in the grass.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, so I thought I was going to need all new fairings, and I think eventually I'll still replace them all. But for now, we're just getting a new front end because I realized that there's a bracket broken that holds the windshield on in that front end. Not just the fairing, but the actual bracket for it. Or a new front end for now, and I think we're going to glue everything else back together. Should hold pretty well for a while. But yeah, I will say in 2019, right, they threw the 1100 Tuano engine in the RSV4. And then they put wings on it and said, this is the factory now. 1100 factory, right? And then in 2020, they put new stickers on it shoved it out again, pretty much exactly the same though. And then in 2021-
0: That's a very Honda thing to do. Well, it's not Honda,
1: but yeah. This is all new
0: now in white.
1: Right? (laughs) But then in 2021, right, Aprilia, we're talking about the Aprilia here, switched over and made a, a completely new, right? They flipped the swing arm upside down, they put all new fairings on it, and then they had the 1100 and the 1100 factory, and that's it. And so for two years, they made the bike that I have. And really, like if you get down to the nitty and gritty, technically only one year, exactly how I have it. So it has been extremely difficult to find fairings outside of just ordering them straight from Aprilia, which instead of getting a set for, you know, $1,000 and $1,500, you are paying 800 per piece almost. So yeah, that's why we're doing what we're doing, and we should be getting that put back together hopefully later this week.
0: So be on the lookout for that. Yeah. Real world problems. You can't just, you can't just eBay those, huh?
1: (laughs) Well, that's where I got the front end. So. Oops. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, it looks, uh, you know, I gave it a good look over. It's got all the fairings are there. No broken pieces, no scratches, no nothing. Came with a windshield. So not bad. I'll have to, yeah, we'll see. I gotta, I gotta wash the bike down and then pull all the parts off and hopefully glue them back together. I think I will
0: still have to buy the, uh, Tail cow, though. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? If you're not wrecking, you're not improving. That's what I always was told. That's what they say. Well, I so I got another comment today about my tires.
1: Yeah? Which I, I've i never been a Metzler guy, and I, I don't know that you are either. But when I first got them, you know, they had what I would call like track wear on them, and they looked pretty reasonably sporty. I looked them up and Metzler doesn't call them a sport touring tire, but they do say they're on the longevity side and good for all weather conditions and things like that. So maybe more on the touring side. Right. And then I got another comment that said with those tires, no wonder you wrecked. And I was like, Ooh, okay. Interesting. <laughs> so
2: maybe nope I to self. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, you know, maybe that is where that issue was at this point. I'm kind of going to just say, yep, it was the tires and,
0: just make a yeah, good thing I'm not gonna let you off that easy, homie. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: well, hey, I was looking at getting new tires anyway. You know, I've I don't have an issue with Metzler, but I've never been a
0: Metzler guy, so we were. No, now back off. Oh, hold on, let's talk Metzlers just a little bit. So the Husqvarna has Metzlers from the factory, and they have no problem holding the power down. <laughs> the power, the power, all, all of it, all all uh, 70, all forty or so horses. 40? Yeah, not even. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oof. So, so Metzler. My understanding with Metzler is they're the they are just a the cheap version of a Pirelli. They're made in the same factory. Correct. Um, yeah, that's what I've heard. So one would assume that they're the same rubber as Pirellis. Now, on the side of maybe it's a, more of a sport touring tire. That's fine, but that's not to say Metzler don't make good sticky rubber. Right. I, yep. I think they do. Just maybe not that one.
1: Yeah, that's basically, and I haven't done a ton of research yet, but that's basically the conclusion I came to. And um, I don't know. I like Dunlop and I like Michelin and I don't have Pirelli money. So probably not going to put Pirellis on there. And I've just never even done the research on Metzler. I know what Dunlops I like. I know what Michelins I like. So that's probably what I So
0: you bought that bike used. How many miles did it have on it? 49
1: Or fifty two somewhere between four and six thousand.
0: So they were in. They were. They're really in good shape. So it's probably second set. Mm -hmm. Yep. Not stock tires. So who knows that that guy might have been cross country in, and you know your poor bike might have had some big old bags on the side of it. (laughs) Yeah,
1: on that with all the carbon that he threw on it and everything else. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you never know with a with a used bike where it's been before. But he had an airbag clip on there for the suit. The airbag nope. suit, it had a clip underneath that had, oh, I don't remember. I want to say it had the plug-in for an AIM solo data logger. Or not the That solo, was the plug-in
0: the, for his GPS you've now discovered.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so he could keep track of where he was going across country.
0: Yeah, yeah. you thought that guy was talking to truckers at truck stops. So.
1: <laughs> I would not. So I didn't move the Might have been a CV plug-in. I did not move the foot pegs when I bought this bike. And I would not want to ride that across the country with how he had it set up. So, just putting that out there. But it yeah, he might—it he might have been shorter than you. Yeah, eh, I'm pretty short. I'm just—I'm just saying it would be. <laughs> I can well. So when I went and got the suspension adjusted, we actually ended up. I lowered it ten mil in the front and five in the rear, which you know, in accordance with whatever they told me to do. Because I asked, I was like, hey, you know. I'm, Shouldn't lower a bike. Don't want to throw off the the geometry, but I'm short this bike's tall and I don't like tiptoeing, teeter tottering back and forth at stoplights and I'm probably going to have it on the road a good bit. And he was like, well, yeah, you could, you could actually take, you know, 10 mil out the front and uh, probably five in the, in the rear and you'd be good to go. And I was like, all right, cool. So I actually brought it down. So if he was shorter than me, I don't know, maybe he's doing the one leg flat and the other, you know way off to the side or whatever. I've seen some have.
0: videos. You got to hop on one leg beside the bike at the stoplight.
1: So I don't know. I don't know if I should bring this up, but I've seen some uh, vertically challenged people at the racetrack. And I, I don't have an issue with it, but I would love to talk to one because i I seen a dude and I never saw anyone with him. And he was probably just over four foot. And he was out at, I've seen him riding. He was riding in a group, I believe. And he'd come back and I, I, I never actually caught him getting off the bike or back on the bike, but I always saw him walking around the pits and then saw him out riding on the track. And I was like, I just want to know what the process looks like. Is he riding a full size bike and I'm short. Any tips and tricks for me would be helpful. And if you're a little shorter than me or a lot, then obviously you know what you're doing better than I do. So what are your tips and tricks? Send them in, send him the two and a half gallon bucket trick. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like I said, I don't think I saw anyone over there. Cause if you have someone to get your, get your stand and hold the bike and then you go and you know, it'd be whatever. But if you're on your own, like I, I have a hard enough time getting the bike off the stand, you got to hold it from the rear and then get on the bike. And it's a little, the worst is when you come back and your stand's too far away. And
0: yep. then you're
1: like scooting the bike back and forth till you're close enough to hold the bike and grab your stand. <laughs> so, or like there's been a couple times I've unloaded the bike for my trailer Gotten up to the garage, realized I didn't have the stand. Backed the bike back down to the trailer, put it back in the trailer. Took the stand into the garage, and then put it all back afterwards. So usually I'm pretty good now about making
0: sure I have everything set up before I do that. Ah, you talk like that, you're like one inch away from government funding.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not that not that bad. Not that bad. I'll, I'll claim five six all day, all day long.
0: So I know that's my that's my problem with dirt bikes. You got to. F- you got to yep. find somewhere to crash it. and I don't know. What's your, what's your inseam? I have no idea. I've never measured it. What, when you buy your pants, what's the length?
1: 28. All right. Maybe 29, that's... but if it's 29 or more, it's got some wrinkles in the bottom. I'm like, a, right. I'm a 28, 28. So, well, that's,
0: that's shorter than I thought. I was going to say your legs might be as long as mine. Yeah.
1: No, I mean, I'm pretty proportionate,
0: but I'm not, I'm, I'm short. So. Did I
1: tell you about the other uh, new piece of equipment I bought?
0: Uh, no, you didn't tell me, but I heard through the you know the the grapevine. The grapevine, oh, yes, the good old grapevine. Well, since we haven't told
1: uh, the audience yet, I guess picked up one of those Rabaconda tire changer things. I don't even know yeah. what they actually call them.
0: I'll go with tire changer. I, I, yeah, I guess uh, motorcycle tire changer.
1: Yeah, no, I'm pretty excited about it. Hasn't showed up yet. It's supposed to be here later this week probably about the day this episode's coming out. So be on the lookout for that also. I don't think I'll do a How to Change Your Tire episode because there's plenty of those out there on the interwebs. I
0: but, think uh, you should do it. Well I, I mean, well, I think you should I think you should do it and say, like, you should just send it to me and say, look, now I can change your tires without scratching the hell out of them. Okay. All right. Easy. Easy. <laughs> uh, you know, on these bikes, uh, never... Speaking of tire changing, when you have, when you're racing or doing track days, it's something to take into account. Uh, you're changing a lot more tires than you're, you've been used to. I mean, I'm, I'm changing 25 wheels a year, pull out your calculator. And if you take that to a shop, it's like $40 a whack. Um, yeah.
1: Well, that's like at the, at the track. If you find someone, if you take it to a shop, it's
0: usually a little more than that. Yeah, that's a that's a lot of money. Well worth investing in the anaconda. What's that thing called? Uh, you just made me forget it. <laughs> Victory. So the the <laughs> you know there's a lot of tire changers on the market. Obviously, um, I have one from a rabaconda. Uh, you know, Rabo? What?
1: Rabaconda.
0: Rabaconda. Rabaconda. So I have one that you can pick up at your local Harbor Freight that's mounted in front of my shop. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's a separate tire uh, changing motorcycle, tire changing adapter that you had to buy. If you were going to change motorcycle tires as is typical, sometimes at Harbor Freight, that thing came out of the box once and been lost in a corner ever since. Does, Does not work, but works great for like four wheeler ATV tires and razor tires, stuff like that. But,
1: Makes I'm sense. excited to
0: see if yours works. Maybe I'll have to pick something up.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I've i been getting ads on Instagram for it for a long time. And if I remember right, when I first saw them, they were like a pre-order. And I was like, mm, nope, I'm good. And then I've been sitting there looking at it. Every time I watch their little video, I'm just like, man, that looks so easy and so nice. I changed enough tires that it's got to be worth it. So that's good. That's
0: good marketing. We'll see if the substance is there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'll definitely do a good, uh, we'll get a good review video on it and then test it out and see if it's worth buying. So, which I don't, it's, you know, it was a little over $600. So it's not like crazy. I will say they, uh, they need to work on their shipping because they already sent me the, I ordered like one of their kits. So it came with bead grease and a brush and all that stuff. And I got, I got the bead grease and a brush already. But I don't have the tire changer
0: yet, so I don't know if they're like pretty new. So they're making them per order. Maybe they're probably letting you know that if the rest of it doesn't come, you know what you can do with that brush and grease. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Anyway, that's a
1: that's about all the news I have, I think.
0: Yeah. Well, I have all the caveats and excuses to be a little out of it today Mm. because, Mm -hmm. because I just got back from Germany. Yeah. And was able to... What is that little... uh, This is my ticket. To? The KTM Motor Hall. Oh, baby. So, in the past, as you know, when I've traveled over there, I've got to visit the Red Bull... Museum. Hangar Hangar 7. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And that's always been really neat, but, you know, I've seen it 15 times at this point. They seem to change stuff in and out. I highly recommend if you haven't been there and you happen to be in Austria... You know go ahead and check that out because it's really neat but uh, a lot of a lot of the old dakar bikes in there Mm -hmm. some of the winning dakar bikes are in there and it was interesting because you know not to give too much away but i travel with a lot of people when i go over there and that was the it was kind of funny the number one question because everybody on the trip knew i was into bikes so the number one question was what are those big things mounted to the in front of the handlebars you know behind the window uh the wings i no, the assuming. the GPS boxes. Oh, okay, okay. Yep. They're you know, they're almost as high as the windshield. And mm-hmm. they're funny because on a bunch of the bikes they still had them on there, but they're they're paper. They like print out paper. So basically, when you're doing the Dakar, you know that's a super long race. It takes a couple of weeks to get through. They do it in segments. Mm-hmm. A couple things they don't want the riders getting lost, so they they have extensive GPS on those. Cause you're out on your own in the desert. They can't watch everybody. Okay, A lot of people, you know, you can't see the course. You're just kind of, so you're following a GPS. Okay, but makes sense. The second part of that is there's a ticker on there because they're keeping track of you. So you don't, once you get off camera, somebody doesn't load it in the back of a trophy truck and drive through the night to get it to the next locale and say you made it. Gotcha. They have a lot of systems on there to monitor them, but it's funny cause at least on some of the older bikes, they've got like two paper printers. It's, it's got like the old clickers, like the old computer paper. And it looks like it's just feeding it through to show you where your next turn is. It's <laughs> pretty neat. But everybody's like, what is that? What is that? So I was showing them. And then it's it's just funny people that aren't into motorcycles. Right. There's a, there's an MV Agusta in there. Uh, the red bull it's the, uh, was that limited edition one they made? So there was an MV Agusta that came out. Um, it's, it's like 240 horse you could buy. Uh, oh, it's yes. one of the ones that only rich guys buy and f4 really something whatever yeah, they had Man in the batman movie pretty sure i had metzlers on it just for the record but <laughs> here uh we go. here <laughs> we go some neat things in there uh not as much motorcycle related stuff as i remember a lot of that, f1 cars
1: right and that's um, in the in the red bull not the ktm obviously right
0: Yep. Yep. Still on the Red Bull. So they had, they had two of the Red Bull cars in there, for example, they had one from 2017, one from 2016. And, you know, I don't follow the F1 cars as much as I should some days, but it was just crazy that, you know, the, the engines on those things are like 1.6 liters making, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's teeny, teeny little engine. And then the whole like drivetrain was 145 kilograms or something listed on there. And just looking, I mean,
1: you're talking to engine, transmission, drive shaft.
0: I'm not sure. It just, it lists like the engine, it says engine specifications and then had like the horsepower ratings, but it talked about gearboxes well in the same. Okay. But then they listed total weight, 145 kilograms. That's insane. But those things, you know, they're the older ones. So this podcast is not about F1, so I don't want to get too far on a tangent, but yeah. The newer cars have larger tires on them this year, and if you watch, they look kind of funny to me because you're you've been so used to. They just have little teeny tires as far as diameter, so they only used to run thirteen-inch wheels. Okay. My understanding is that was to help kind of limit the how big of a brake they could put on it.
2: To, yeah, that
0: makes sense. Yeah, to make them more competitive. Right. I can relate this to motorcycles. It's just interesting. Those cars, the all the suspension, the A-arms, everything on those cars is carbon fiber. But motorcycles, it's illegal in most classes to run a carbon fiber wheel, even though some of your high-end... like You can get carbon fiber wheels from the factory on a BMW. Right. Yep. But they're... Like M package or whatever. Yeah. But they're not legal for racing in right. most categories. And it's because if... You change somebody's tire for them, and you gouge it. That was a hit. Come on, give me some reaction.
1: Nope, absolutely not. Nope. So you weren't talking to me. You were just saying, you know, to the general public. If you, you tire <laughs> changers out there in the audience, don't make me put a name at the first. Oh. Okay. So okay, hang on. Let's let's clear this up. I did not so put I, that many scratches. I, I, I scratch the rest. hell
0: out of every wheel I touch when I change it. But when you change somebody else's, you're supposed to be careful.
1: I was. I actually used the uh the little <laughs> bead, rim guard, plastic, whatever things.
0: Listen, my forty five hundred dollar Gixxer is now only worth forty four fifty. <laughs> yeah, I just won't touch the BMW, you know. <laughs> uh but they say, you know, if you nick a wheel, for those listening, if you nick a wheel on a motorcycle that has the carbon fiber is just as strong as steel, you know, rotational and all that kind of stuff. But if there's a nick or a defect or something in it, they can explode. Yeah. And yeah. then it hurts the audience. It hurts the people around them. So they've just been outlawed. I hadn't really thought of that in reference to an F1 car because they are solid. I mean, they're carbon fiber, everything, but mm-hmm. not the wheels. Interesting. Something I noticed eh, that I it makes hadn't sense. really thought of.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're changing tires probably just as much. So that makes sense. Well, that's what's kind of crazy, though, too, is a lot of, uh, I mean, take Honda, for instance. You know, they used to have a carbon fiber swing arm, and then they went back to aluminum. I think people used to be running carbon fiber frames for a little bit. They went back to aluminum because they needed the stiffness that aluminum gives you. So, yeah, carbon fiber is a little lighter and stronger and whatever else it might be. But aluminum's coming back around, I guess. I don't know. We'll leave that one up to the engineers. Yeah. I actually have never seen an F1 car. In person and i know this isn't an f1 podcast but we'll bring it bring it around you know mark the other week or month or year or whenever
0: hold on so, we're at 20 something minutes yeah we made it mark's 20, back here yeah yeah he's back in all right, all all right, right but he said
1: he told MotoGP, this is not f1 be careful blah 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 arrow something along those lines and everyone knows that an F one car, if it didn't have its arrow, wouldn't it be on the ground because it doesn't weigh enough for the amount of power it puts down, and it weighs more. But how much of that does it actually like? Like, how much do you actually see? How much is obvious that oh, that's definitely an arrow piece versus it just looks like a car?
0: A lot, a okay. lot. So imagine your imagine in your in your mind what the silhouette of an F one car would look like, mm-hmm. looking down from the top. Okay. Let's see what you don't realize is there's like a a big plate across the whole bottom of the car that comes out much further than that silhouette you're thinking of. It's like on a Ferrari or a high-end Corvette, you know, the whole bottom is covered so they can't get air underneath them. Right. Those cars have just like a giant plate of carbon underneath them. And it, it extends, I don't know, on some of these cars. I mean, it's extending seven, eight, 10 inches out from the side of the car just a flat plate to hold it on the ground. And, and the wings, I mean, I can't even explain how much they must spend on obviously on arrow and stuff, but the wings will come around and there's like, it looks like a porcupine there's like 15 little wings coming off of it in front of the front tire. And, and then the, the a arms are not just a bar trying to hold a tire on the a arms have like a leading edge that's sharp. And it might come up and have wings built right onto the top of the A-arms. There's arrow literally everywhere on that car. Okay. The more you look at it, the more you see like just surfaces they build into it. And you see some pieces on the actual body of the car that are obviously carbon fiber. Mm -hmm. But the bulk of the car gets put in a wrap for their sponsors and logos and everything. So it it covers some of that. I I was just going to say, and then you look at the cockpit on that car. I also had multiple people ask me like, where do they find the people to drive these cars? And, you know, the first one that asked me, I said, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> Easton, calling Easton. Yeah, that's that's
1: me. I'll gladly drive one. No, <laughs> I, I would not. I don't think I have the, uh, what did you say the other week, the kahunis or whatever? to Kahunis. Yeah. Well, um, now we're speaking Spanish. No, we only speak improper Italian here. That's improper.
0: All. Okay, that's Italian for colonies. So... <laughs> The cockpit on that car is so small. Like, I just look at it,
1: and
0: I mean, because they move
1: their steering wheel like what, maybe a half inch?
0: Yeah, they don't move very far. Five millimeter. Five five millimeters. So they, yeah, that that cockpit is so small. all, All these, you know, people that aren't into motorsports kept coming up. They think I'm the resident expert, which you know, everything I say is based in reality. And so I was just kind of making stuff up, but.
1: Yeah. Well, when they don't know any better.
0: I told him when a horse jockey go- retires, he goes to F1. <laughs> it might be the other way around. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You turn a steering wheel on a car, it goes where you tell it in theory. But a horse, you know, there's another mind you're dealing with.
1: Yeah. I mean, we don't need to get into that. Depends on who you talk to, you
0: know. Well, anyway. I bring up from seven episodes ago, but those guys have the, they have, they have that other brain talking to them in their helmet. That's why I, I really hope MotoGP never does that because.
1: Oh, they're like in contact with the, uh, the pit leader yeah, guru, so, chief guy.
0: Yeah. When you're watching those races, there's always some guy in there like, push, 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 turn, push, 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 turn. I'm going like, shut up.
1: Yeah. That's funny. Cause I saw a thread. I forget where, I think it was on East. Coast Track Riders on Facebook or something. Someone asked about, you know, using uh, the Bluetooth headset on a track day. And there were a bunch of comments about, though I use it all the time, you know, music's nice or no way, no track group's ever going to let you do that. Just... Back and forth, complete opposite, and I was just kind of laughing to myself because I was like, yeah, I mean, I might have thought about it before, but after talking to Ken Hill and him saying, like, nope, just not worth it, doesn't make any sense for a bike, for a car, sure, for a bike, absolutely not, I was like, yeah, you know what, that makes sense, what you're saying makes sense, so.
0: This is really going to date myself, but. Here we go. Do you remember the old movie, uh, Iron Eagle? No. (laughs) No, I don't. You You know I'm not a movie guy, though. You should go back and watch that. That was a young kid that was aspiring to fly f-16s-hmm and the only way it was good is if he took his walkman which was strapped to his leg by the way and he would sneak his little metal things with the foam ear muffs mm-hmm. and he would play some you know crappy early 80s rock yeah on there I'm and then see he... with the crappy well it's good no music I love 80s rock
1: Well, you talking quality wise
0: uh, yes I'm qual- i'm talking quality it was all right all right all right That's the only way he could, you know, fly the jet. That's the only way he could fly the plane is if he was listening to music. And sometimes I think, man, if I had, you know, like a theme song going in my helmet, you know, maybe that would do something for me. Mm -hmm. But I know that most track days, even if you have like a helmet with a build-in, they don't like that. If they catch tracks that check your helmets, they're not going to let you go out there with like a Cena on it. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, my first track day I
1: actually did with the the helmet I have that does have the Bluetooth in it. I don't remember them saying anything, but I wasn't using it either. So did they check your helmet though? No more than the just, you know,
0: lift your chin up as you're riding past to make sure it's strapped. Yeah, some some track days at Harrison Eurosports when I was talking to them, uh I know a lot of track days sticker your helmet.
2: Hmm. Okay.
0: They put a sticker on your helmet saying that your gear has been checked. That's the that's the significance of the sticker, is that your gear has been also checked interesting most of the tracks we've been to do not tech that but robling road definitely made you haul your suit down there which is such a pain
1: yeah I feel like that one was inter- interesting because we hauled it all down there and then nobody looked at it anyway yeah, I felt like they didn't even look at it so it's just like why they were why just trying we to make it hard it? to push a bike in
0: humidity
2: yeah
1: well they're they're probably just trying to make sure people don't ride them down because that track did have the like Early morning, no sound, whatever limit. So,
0: yeah. that's true. I learned bring, something
1: neat. Go ahead. I just wanted to bring that F1 back. So essentially, we're saying Mark Marquez is wrong until they put <laughs> wings on the brake levers of the bike. I think so. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah, they've got a long <laughs>
0: ways to go to get to F1 level.
1: Oh, you just said like it, you know, the leading edge and the a arms, and I was like, what, you know, the oh yeah, the the brake guard, the brake lever guard. You could put a little wing on that, and because they're, I mean. The GP bikes are insane. Like Honda was testing a new, I might've said this a couple weeks ago or whatever, but testing some new arrow on their swing arm, Mm. on the side of it to keep the side of it down when you're going through a turn. And like, it's nuts, right? So, but I guess until they, yeah, until they put wings on the end of the windshield and the brake lever and the, uh, the toes of the boots. Oh, oh my gosh. Imagine if Alpinestars put wings on the end of their boots. You'd scrape them on the been? ground,
0: but... <laughs> I bet they have. I bet if you look, you can find some. We Probably. definitely got... I mean, we definitely have helmets that we can put... You know, some helmets are advertised as three separate wind diffuser spoilers on the back of them that you can switch to. So... That's for buffeting, though, in theory. yeah. For...
1: That's... And I have ridden on a few different helmets. And the ones that have something for the wind to go through to keep the helmet down is actually quite nice because otherwise you stick your head up in the wind. On a sport bike it's not too bad because you have that windshield that kind of creates that bubble. But
0: you when, haven't rode you haven't rode JK Moto's Ducati yet.
1: <laughs> well the, handle, my, the
0: handlebars are taller than the windshield.
1: <laughs> well I thought we were gonna get a double bubble on there before I ever rode it, but I guess maybe not. We'll see. I, I ain't seen it um, on no the yet. But my my XL six hundred that I had in high school I had a helmet with you know with the spoiler, and there was a a very distinct point where I'd look down, and you could tell it was good to go, and then you lift it up, still good to go, but if you turn it, all of a sudden it just starts getting you know your whole head gets whipped back. Right. You turned it just enough to either side, so that one makes sense. But wings on the boots? Now that's a new idea. Like I said, they'd scrape on the ground, but. Maybe you just bring him up and on the oh uh, yeah, on the outside of the leg. Why are they putting them on the swing arm? Why don't they just put them on the leg? See? You start looking like Batman. <laughs> anyway, you said you learned something new.
0: Maybe? You lost me. What did I learn new? You lost me now.
1: I don't know. We were talking too much about I arrow.
0: learned something new about the carbon fiber wheels. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, we're we're done there. But after finishing the Red Bull Museum, Mm -hmm. Hangar 7. I got to go to this one. Here it is again. Bigger letters for you. That's different. Yeah. It's another sticker. It's it's a a free sticker. Free sticker. Wow. Free (laughs) sticker. And that's good because the stuff I bought there was overpriced. So
1: (laughs) imagine that.
0: KTM Motor Hall. Uh, Again, I'm going to keep bringing it up because I was there with a lot of people that have no motorsports knowledge, skill, care, anything. To drive into that motor hall facility, somebody said, why are we torn KTM? They hardly sell any in the United States. And I said, how old are you and where have you been? Uh, I'm pretty sure. And I didn't look these numbers up. I should have looked these numbers up. I meant to, but I'm pretty sure KTM's outselling at least a couple of the Japanese brands at this point.
1: Are we counting Husqvarna?
0: Yeah. If you count KTM, okay. Husqvarna and Gas Gas.
1: Yeah. Well, it, if you're counting all three, definitely. I'd say KTM alone They're definitely keeping up
0: in my real world job. I tour a lot of factories and Uh see a lot of that stuff. I don't get impressed too easy. Right. We were driving for miles and passing KTM spare parts department, KTM, just multiple buildings that have literally acreage under these buildings, Mm -hmm. giant facilities. Unfortunately, we didn't get to tour any of those on this particular trip. But the motor hall is their official museum, if you will. Okay. Very interesting. I'm sure we'll have some videos coming out on the YouTube channel uh, showing some of the stuff i seen there. But they have displays, for example, with every major engine advancement they've made since their beginning. They have a wall that's similar to something i seen at the Harley Davidson Museum. But they have basically a timeline with real bikes. Okay. And. They- it's built on like an arch or like an oval track, if you will, uh, with a with a banking. And you can just walk around this circle and see their first bike. You know, they started with a lot of scooters. Uh, v- Think Vespa.
2: Hmm.
0: Okay. K- KTM made a lot of Vespa type scooters. Bought a lot of companies along the way to get as big as they are. Interesting. Uh, and just got rid of the brand names. Right. Until recent history where they purchased GasGas, purchased Husqvarna. Pretty sure they just bought 10% of MV Agusta. Interesting. Okay. Didn't know that. They're letting some of those lesser known brands like that, that don't have a presence in the U.S. I should say. Mm -hmm. The reason is they think they can drop them on the U.S. market by utilizing the KTM dealership network. That's pretty fair. That'll be interesting to watch in the coming years, but very, very cool. I didn't talk to you a lot this last week because I was in the middle of it, but I did find time to send you myself on Miguel Oliveira's official, the official, the first bike that won Mm -hmm. a MotoGP race for KTM. Pretty neat. They have a MotoGP simulator there. You sit on a full-size motorcycle, what'd you call it? I mean, there's no wheels on it, right? But it's a full-size arcade game, you Mm -hmm. know? This is
1: Is it like the the arcade games that you go? It's like
0: the arcade game,
1: but you got a legit bike. Okay, I've always wanted to, you know, put my race suit on and then go to the arcade and uh... (laughs) just just roll in. Yeah, see what
0: people say. But anyway, (laughs) safety first. Maybe one of these days, let's do it together. That'd be fun. You find one of them things, I'll roll in there with you. That'd be funny. All right, let's do it. Anyway, you you had that. They had like a movie showing the history, but it was just. It was very cool ktm's a big operation and it's funny that so many of the american colleagues i had with me don't realize they're everywhere and yeah as we know you know listening to this podcast the people listening to this probably know but ktm's making a ploy to become the biggest baddest thing in MotoGP.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: but this is like their last frontier they've won like 17 don't quote me on that but like 17 to car races so they they rule the off-road motorcycle world. Right. In that aspect. They absolutely have the big ADV bikes. They're definitely have chomped into anything BMW is doing with their GS line, but they've got the full range, you know, all the way up, all the way down.
1: Well, that's the only thing I would I would counter with is that you don't see the RC eight. I'd say is their only full size sport bike, actual, right? You got their RC three ninety, you have the dukes, the the uh, naked sport bikes, but you don't see a full size fared sport bike on the road from KTM, and I think you and I both would love to, honestly.
0: Oh, um, absolutely! I'm thinking of buying an RC8. Yeah,
1: but it's kind of kind of interesting because you're you're not wrong at all. I mean, obviously they're they're going all out in MotoGP. They kind of have been for a bit, but it's actually starting to show that their money's doing but what do we always
0: say i'm going to tie this back in but what what do we always say about come on bmw get up there in moto gp right yeah but there's been statements from the company and i still hope they get there don't get me wrong but they've made statements that they get more advertising by hanging pictures on them or just the border of the tracks as bmw all the way around it yeah they get the safety car the safety cars, the all, you know, the ambulance driving around, everything's everything's marked up BMW and they don't even race a bike.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, they do. Maybe that's just America, but I thought that was most races. They'll do the like pre, I don't want to say most, but they'll, they'll have someone out there on a, one of their super bike world, super bike riders go do a lap yeah, of the like track par- on their
0: parade lap. Yep. So they're getting a lot of advertisement that way. And I mean, they're selling a lot of S one thousands. Mm-hmm. Which, that goes to a whole other argument, though. So, if you're KTM, you know the R1? They're saying it's gone in a couple of years. Yeah. The R1 is supposed to die. Which I don't believe that. The R6, yeah, obviously. Because it is dead. But I don't... The world's changing, my friend. And I don't want them to kill it either. But, but the R1 is going to potentially die. If the R1's gone, they're not selling.
1: Yeah, the super bikes, no one wants them. Yeah, they're no not selling. The Everybody's bikes. too
0: interested in the naked this and the crazy that and the, this
1: is great around town but you can still carve
0: out the canyon and you can still do a track day yeah all so, in one yep so the world's changing so if you look at KTM I mean I seen all over Europe KTM's a pretty prevalent bike in Europe of mm-hmm. course I mean you see street bikes so they're they're a prevalent dirt bike in the United States but you don't see a lot of KTM street bikes right man I we spent a night or two in Switzerland mm-hmm and I, you know, just walking around, walking around the town at night, just watching everybody that drives by. There's those 390 Dukes were everywhere, it's like everybody's driving a 390 Duke going to work in the morning, you know, you'd sit out there and watch them and they're, I mean, that's, and, and in Europe, they have different laws on what you can, so the whole licensing system's different, which okay. we don't need to get into all that, but you, it's really hard to qualify to drive something that big anyway. Right, it's a lot of small bikes running around the villages they call them. I yep. call them small towns, but European flair villages.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, interesting.
0: So that was the KTM Motor Hall. I'd, it was definitely worth. Again, I wouldn't make a special trip to Austria to see it, but but if you're in was, the area, if you're in the area, absolutely put it on your stop. You know, when we were when we were leaving, there was a there was a tour bus pulled up with nothing but blue hairs in it. I mean, they were people in there, retired people Mm -hmm. that needed bust around and they were outside taking pictures. Had to be 40 of them getting ready to go in there. And I I just kind of chuckled because most of them weren't carrying a cane and, you know, their three ninety Duke days are over. Right. But they, (laughs) but they were, they looked excited to go in there and I, I got a little chuckle out of that. It warmed my, warmed my heart a little. Yeah.
1: Well, and I'm motorsport in general, I feel like it's bigger, over in Europe, just kind of in general.
0: Well, I think Um, so. There's a lot of people ask the question. I hear the question all the time on other podcasts, things like that. Why is why is our sport bikes dying? Why is I have my own take on that? I have my own opinion and it's not the only reason. But if you look at the United States, we can jump on a dirt bike and go up in the mountains almost anywhere in the United States, you know, aside from New York City. You can jump on a dirt bike and find somewhere to go ride, whether it's a track, open range, open road. Um, yep. over there, let's talk about a fishing license. This is America. This is my America segment right here. Now,
1: last week we got we got bagged by our editor for, are we even a motorcycle podcast here? We are talking <laughs> about fishing.
0: <laughs> well, uh, there's these beautiful lakes, beautiful mountains, beautiful everything you see over there. I mean, it's beautiful country. Right, and uh, I asked somebody. This was years ago, but I asked one of the German guys, like, "Man, you ever go fishing down there?" He's like, "No, it's too hard to get a license." Huh. And I you knew he just, was into fishing.
1: You can't just go to Walmart and buy it.
0: No, it's uh, it's not. It's not just that. So in the United States, the people own the river.
2: Okay. Yeah.
0: So sure, there's rules, laws, regulations. You can't hike here. Don't dump your trash there blah, blah, blah. Right. But in Europe, the government owns the river. And so you have to get the right to go fish on the government's river. Okay. So that, that small difference, that's just a small difference, right? Right. That small difference makes everything more complicated. So when you go to get a fishing license, you have to be approved by the government to fish on their river. So the fishing license in general is much harder to get. Okay. And then, The permission for the access to the spot, and then uh, just the rules. I mean, we have rules here, obviously, you know, catch and release, or how many fish you can catch, and all that kind of stuff. Their laws are, you can't keep a fish here, you can't catch a fish there. It's (laughs) it's just more complicated. Just just like the motorcycles. It's a anyway. The reason I was saying that is that's the same when you go to try riding off road. If it's not a company that has bought this property and created a riding zone for you, there right. are no BLM land. There is no BLM land. There's no land owned by the people that has rules and regulations, but it's for the people to enjoy. Mm-hmm. There is none of that. The government owns the land.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Interesting.
0: So I think, I mean, super cross, or not super cross, but just dirt bikes in general are also popular over there, but right. not as much as here. So, yeah, I would
1: I would love to see a study because I think it's just my generation. No, I think the the adrenaline like big big boy adrenaline junkies have have or are dying off with your generation. Um and I'll say generation isn't minute but rather pretty large here because I understand it I don't know the generations that well but the people that are teenagers now or are in their twenties. Now are content playing video games. And that, that gives them enough of a rush that they don't need
0: anything else. Well, yeah, and well, to show my age one more time. I told you about that. I told you, I told you about that friend of mine that was, he said, no, you know, I've never been on the track, but he was, I'm a racer.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. E-racing I said, or i-racing or whatever.
0: Yeah. He was i-racing. He's never, you know, he's never been out on a track or anything, but he considers himself a racer. He introduces himself as a racer. He, and all he does, he, he, not to take anything away from the sport. I know it's, I know it's a sport now, video games, <laughs> ha, you yeah. know, has been for a long time, but it's just different. Like I tried explaining to him, well, you, you can't die. Yeah. I mean, so I've I've also got a buddy that i races
1: a little bit. Um, and you know, talking with him because I wasn't a believer in it at all. Uh, after talking with him I, I get it a little bit because they're you know, they go down and, and you're good. I racing will have like to the don't quote me here, but to the ten millimeter or to the five millimeter like track surface, right? So they go out and they scan a track. And they have the bumps, they have the gravel, they have all of that. And your your tire wear is actually taken into effect. So it's not just playing Forza or whatever video game right. you might be playing. It's a little more than that. But at the same time, it's you can't not. Die. Yeah, you can't die. You're not actually there. If you roll the car, you're still sitting. You know, I'm sitting in my chair right here. I haven't rolled anything, um, which there's a big part of me that's like, man, I wish I enjoyed that. Because <laughs> I'd save a lot of money, but it's just not not the same. But I would I would argue that it's that is what's uh, what's killing the superbike, what's killing sport bikes, and what's gonna kill motorsport in general. Honestly, well, let me
0: let me throw let me throw one more thing in there. So my near death experience last the end of last year.
2: Mm, okay, yep. Remember so had now. To,
0: had to rebuild the back end of the bike. All right and uh I, I I put the I put the poor man's paint job on the back half hmm took her out to the track and when it come back, I thought I'd run through some mud on the underside of the tail. was it just peeling off well, no, I honestly thought I'd like went through some gray mud or something right some because right. it was just spotted the whole under undertale spotted all the way from tip to tire you know mm-hmm. And so I walked up there to try wiping it off and it was rock chips.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay.
0: And you know, you get those, right? Whatever. But I I showed, I showed my wife, I was like, look at this. And she goes, man, you know what happened? I said, it's the gravel and stuff. You know, the, the rocks, it's just rock chips. And she says, why, where were you driving it that it would have had that many rocks flipping up? And I said, I said, on the track. And she goes, well, there shouldn't be any rocks or anything out there. And I said, tell that to my helmet.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, how many times you get into them crowds or whatever, and it's like,
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I've been hit in the face more than once. You can't recreate that on a video game.
1: Yeah, they, absolutely.
0: Occasional bug that splatters. Maybe they should do that to the video game. Like your your vision should go down as the race progresses. Because <laughs> you get more, well, and more bugs on your helmet. I haven't seen You a would video just press a button that, to do that
1: whole, you know, you see him rip off the the screen or whatever. I always laugh because, uh, you get a helmet and it's a showy helmet, but then they have Oakley all over the visor <laughs> and then they're just ripping off those screens. I'm like, you know, does Oakley supply all of those? Or is that some random off company that just, they just, I think there's a lot of companies their...
0: that make those because Jack Miller says Caterpillar and, mm, okay. and and Josh Heron says OnlyFans.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Him and his only didn't, <laughs> has been all over his
2: instagram oh man
0: uh, uh, i heard some i heard some people today actually on a something i was listening to making fun of the cameras that he must have in his house to ca- capture those videos <laughs> implying that he was you know maybe posting videos on
2: mm.
1: yeah all right <laughs> uh, well hey speaking of josh herron do
0: we want to talk about
1: Moto America
0: at all. I want to talk about Moto America, but now that the, now that the intro to the intro to the intro is done, (laughs) Uh we, we first have to talk about the most important thing to happen in motorcycle racing while I was gone. I'm missing it. I sent it to you. Just barely. No, no, not just barely. Don't reach for the gun. Don't reach for the gun. So, Top Rack is going to drive a BMW in World Superbike. That's right. That's right. That's right. I remember you. Yep. I remember now. That is a cascading. That is a, I don't know what you call it. That is big news.
1: But can the BMW keep up?
0: Yes. Let me tell you.
1: With a Yamaha? Absolutely. Moto America would tell you otherwise.
0: Let's save that. <laughs> okay. I got excuses for that too.
1: Okay. Alright, I'm so, excited
0: <laughs> So BMW is the fastest bike potentially second fastest at worst on the world superbike stage Okay Nobody in a straight line
1: Yeah, can we pause for one second?
0: No more Because I want to here. ask
1: you a question that I don't know if I've ever asked you
0: Is my BMW fast? You bet Alright
1: Not as fast as the Husky though
0: not quite as fast as a Husky, but In all her we're glory. working on it. We're working um,
1: on it. No, so your first sport bike was a Ducati. And then you yeah. went out and bought an S1000. That was yeah. a track bike. And then after riding the track bike, you bought a 2022 S1000. And prior to all of that, I wouldn't have said to anyone that you were a BMW guy. And so... You know, you give me crap for being a Suzuki guy and talking up Suzuki because I, I just love Suzuki. But are you actually a BMW guy or where did that you know, what stemmed that decision and why have you
0: stuck behind it? So. It's it's for dumb reasons. That's fine. I like it's dumb for, reasons. Those it's are my for favorite. dumb reasons. But so I had a BMW car at the time, as you know. Yep. Do you remember that? And I love the car. Okay. That was my, that was the first BMW car I'd ever owned. And at the time that I was making that decision, that probably opened my eyes a little bit to pay attention to BMW because I was so in love with the car. That's one. I mean, there was a lot of factors. That was one. The okay. next factor was I went into it knowing I was getting a thousand cause that's just cause I'm dumb. So it's just what I'm doing. I'm buying a thousand. All right. And So if you look at the thousands, uh, personally, I, from the off-road world, I am anti-Yamaha.
2: Okay. Yep. I knew that.
0: (laughs) Just personal preference. So that one was checked off. Mm -hmm. So we took that one off of the mix. I don't, when did the latest vid, so I've always been a Honda guy in the off-road world. Yep. So what was the newest Fireblade? What year did that come out?
1: 2021?
0: Yeah, I don't think it was quite out yet, or I might have just went and bought that bike. I got to research it, because I don't remember. Okay. So, it would have been it would have been like me to just go buy a Honda, because that's what I do. But I didn't really like the used ones on the market. I didn't like the fact that there, it didn't seem like there have been many updates on those. Um, right. I ended up with a used BMW, for the record, so it's not that's not fair to say that the Honda wasn't or was outdated compared to the BMW I ended up with. Right. But as much as people don't like it, I, and as, as much as that doesn't even matter now because I'm race faring out and everything else, I really fell in love with the funny headlights.
1: The, Oh man, what are the, no, I have
0: a bunch of names that aren't politically correct. So, but, (laughs) but, but the, for those that don't know, first gen, and second gen BMWs and, had a and third and third technically they have, their headlights are not symmetric. Yeah. Asymmetrical. Yeah. Asymmetrical. asymmetrical. Yeah. They're, they're kind of funny looking. I thought that was cool. I started looking at the bike more and more and I, you always said it. So oh,
1: yeah, I was telling you, go get an S 1000, go get an S 1000.
0: Well, yeah. So maybe I'm impressionable too. Not just you like stated last week, but, <laughs> uh, I think some of the things that resonated is that bike was one of the first to throw like all sorts of technology Mm -hmm. at it. They were one of the first to be like, let's take this to another level. Yeah. Um, Everybody else, it took them some time to catch up. So it's kind of crazy when you look at it, how old of a BMW you can buy and still have all these features that took many more years for the other bikes to catch up on.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, on that, the first year, what, 2009, was so revolutionary that it doesn't feel old, right? Like I mean, like you're saying, it feels so new. But you think about it, that's one
0: year newer than that's the same year as that Jixter you have. So I compared it once already, but compared to an eight four eight Ducati mm-hmm. that is two years newer, it's a spaceship. Yeah, so it's nuts. I, and that's what I, that's why everyone loved it. So that was part of it. And then I said a a goal is the wrong word, but I said, I want to experience buying a brand new super bike. Like Mm -hmm. I want to buy a brand new one that nobody's ever touched. It hasn't been modded. It's just, it's mine and I can do whatever I want to it. And some of the reasons there were why not drive the same bike on the track that you're driving on the street to see what carries over. Right. Um, Because, you know, I own a, every spectrum of bike and i i like i like to have a bike for every occasion mm-hmm. but in that particular case i loved it i loved the, i love the one i had so i went and got another one to see where they were at now that doesn't mean i won't you know buy something different yeah you know that but and have yeah. proven that already but oh
1: yeah yeah like i said i i wouldn't go i, I just have to laugh sometimes because you talk up It feels like you're defending BMW a lot. And I'm like, I don't think of you as a BMW guy. And I'm like, well, I guess he does own two S1000s, which is the only other bike that compares to that is you have two Harley Davidsons. So, makes sense. But But
0: that's that's honestly, in my life, probably the first time I've had two bikes for, I guess they're different reasons, but still for similar reasons. Yeah. I I mean, they're the, like...
1: The same bike, yeah. One's ten years, twelve years newer,
0: but same exact bike, just
1: updated. Yeah.
0: So yeah, I only I only say that because you brought up the Harleys. But you you have to have your off road bike, your on road bike, your two up bike, your you know single cruising around town, look cool bike. Yeah, your yeah. your 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 bike show bike. Your you gotta have <laughs> you, you gotta have, have to have bikes.
1: twelve bikes. That's that's what we're saying. If you were wondering. Buy the next bike. Just go buy it. <laughs>
0: just go buy it. Spread yourself so thin you can't do anything to any of them.
1: This is your sign. Go buy that bike. <laughs> uh,
0: so back to Top Rack. Yeah. Okay. So this is interesting. This is an interesting move. Not just leave BMW out of it. Okay. There's things coming out in the news. For those that don't know, Top Rack is arguably the greatest motorcycle rider in world superbike greatest
1: breaker yeah
0: greatest greatest breaker maybe in any motorcycle yeah, maybe genre
1: we have yeah i mean we were talking about that i don't know if it was on or off show but the difference in brakes between world superbike and MotoGP, gp and yeah i
0: got a good look at them by the way
1: yeah the the ceramic, those carbon ceramic ceramic brakes, whatever nutso brakes
0: yeah they don't even look like a brake they look like a plastic well, they look like a ceramic brake, but they're, they're as big as the wheel. They're huh. as big as the wheel. Are they they're like thick too? Cause I know like, uh, super thick. Okay. Super thick, but they, they look, they look pretty crazy. I, I spent a lot of time actually looking at components on the bike because I was like, here's your opportunity to really like dissect, you yeah. know, a high end bike. You know, they don't normally let you, you know, see them. Right. Yep. yep. While they're racing, but that one, I spent a lot of time with it, but top rack going to BMW is huge. And it's huge because I hope this doesn't happen. There's questions out there, like what's Yamaha, what's Honda going to do in the future? Sport bike sales are going down. KTM's able to just throw some race bikes out there. They don't even have to sell one in the real world. They feel like it's helping the rest of their business. But Yamaha and Honda, I don't know, with Suzuki leaving, i don't know if they can't get their stuff together they're going to get sick of losing i think pretty soon here the most interesting thing to come out from this is i'm sure you haven't heard this yet so this is your initial reaction mm-hmm. so top rack recently got the opportunity opportunity to drive a moto gp bike a yamaha okay morbidelli is on the outs mm-hmm. i'm sure you know Yamaha's going to be looking for that next rider yep so Toprack's already in the Yamaha family, so they put him on a MotoGP bike, and the media reported that he did fine, but he didn't wow anybody. You know, that's that's what you've heard. Like, he rode the bike, he was off the pace a little bit, but his first time riding it, so yeah. there's no guarantee he was going to be a superstar. Right. Well, since this move, Toprak has came out and said, he's got some serious bones to pick with Yamaha, Uh, Some of the same quarrels as Fabio saying Yamaha is unwilling to fix this bike for him to make this bike better, to make a competitive bike so that he can go win World Superbike again, first off. But second off, he said he was disrespected when he drove that MotoGP bike. He said that was like something they had promised him. Mm -hmm. and When he arrived, he made it sound like they were unwilling to move the handlebars where he wanted or move his foot pegs where he wanted or... Hmm. give him any real opportunity to show what he could do on the bike. Right. Maybe an excuse by him for why he didn't do well, but top rack doesn't seem like that kind of guy.
1: Yeah. I'm not as familiar with him, but I also do know that when you get into racing at that level, all of those things, I mean, you and I, right at our level, we hop on a bike, we go ride it. I'm not gonna be able to come back and be like, I think I could ride it better if my clip-ons were five degrees more offset, right? But when you get to that level, those little things they make the difference because you go out and you test it at every difference. And so, if you've been riding World Superbike as long as he has and is at the level that he has been, there's no reason he couldn't come back and tell, Yeah, hey, I need this up or down or, or whatever small adjustment made that'll make me feel
0: better, that'll make me be able to produce better. Well, it's just the fact that. I mean, we've talked about it before the different levels of riders and how much different they are.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It, it, it's easy to be an armchair quarterback or whatever, but yeah. to say, yeah, to say, yeah, Toprack went out there. He was like a second off of Fabio's time, let's say. Mm-hmm. That's still faster than everybody in the world. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, so, that's what not to keep bringing up Moto America and not talk about it, but I was looking at the. The spread, the difference between Moto America and and Moto GP is nuts in the spread. Because in the spread, in look at qualifying, right? The top ten finishes within five tenths of each other every week. They qualify yeah. within like you know the, the top two to three guys sometimes are within the hundredths, less Absolutely. than five. You know, and it's it's nuts how like close they actually are. Like if someone gets a four second lead in Moto GP, you don't even see them. They're gone right they're out they're going to win the race it's it's over you can't catch up you can't get that back and then you finish Moto america here with your second place is 3 seconds behind
0: right like it's insane so, anyway so with top rack there's only one or two things that could have happened in my mind okay bmw backed up a truckload of money okay yeah and and he's given up on his career and said i'm just going to take the money i don't believe that because top rack wants to win a bunch of championships i think he feel he should be able to i think he feels like he can mm-hmm. but if i'm looking at that field there's not a ride for him at ducati ducati's got like seven italian riders over there lined up Yep. top rack is turkish for the record yeah then they definitely don't want him then <laughs> <laughs> so, if I look at the field and I'm confident in my ability to ride, to brake, to turn, BMW has the speed. They're the only ones really with the speed to match Ducati. Okay. In World Superbike. If he looks at it and feels like he can, they got great brakes too. Nobody's arguing their braking ability. Right. It's a, some things with the turning. Mm -hmm. So if he thinks that he can jump on a BMW, have the same speed as the Ducati, he can do his famous braking. All he's got to do is figure out how to turn it. That might be his best chance for a championship if Yamaha is not going to... Yeah, well, and one would
1: argue if he can have the speed and then brake like he normally does, he might be able to get away with it anyway, even without the the turning being where he wants it
0: to be or where Yamaha had it, I guess. So what that does, what will be interesting to watch now is... So BMW is fielding a four-bike team in World Superbike. Mm -hmm. Interestingly enough, Garrett Gerloff is on the satellite team, if you will, which is Lenovo. Okay. Think about that for a minute. Yeah. Weird. What Easton's thinking about right now is, doesn't Lenovo sponsor Ducati's in MotoGP?
2: Mm -hmm. Yep.
0: Anyway.
1: Which always, some of the MotoGP sponsorships crack me up. Well, yeah, like, they, make, they make Like laptops. those teddy
0: bear clothes your your boy wears. What's his sponsor? Who? Grin and Barrett teddy, teddy Grams or something he's got on his suit all the time? Uh, I don't freaking know. Grin and Barrett. Yeah. Some uh, clothing company in Europe we don't know about. I don't know. It's
1: grin something. I don't know what you're talking about.
0: I can tell you don't know what we're talking about. So.
1: Unless you're thinking of like Poland Bear. Yeah, that one. Yeah. The teddy bear. Uh, yeah uh
0: pulling bear what's that a clothing company
1: i have no idea i've never looked into it i don't know okay so
0: i'd ask the editor right now to put like some words across the bottom
2: okay yeah
0: teddy bear referred to as pulling bear or grip research it (laughs) so i i hope all this makes the show but oh it will the uh So he's going to go over there, but there's four people over there. Our boy, Garrett Gerloff, Mm -hmm. who I think he's safe because I hope so. I think he is. Laura's Baz has less of a chance of making it than Garrett Gerloff right now, I believe. Not because of it. Not because of So he's been injured, Mm -hmm. but there's some other factors in there that we don't need to get into. But Garrett Gerloff, I think is solid for next year. I hope so as well. But up in the, the top bikes, you got Vandermark, who I was hoping didn't retire after his injury. But it sounds like Vandermark, Vandermark was ready to sign a deal for next year. Mm-hmm. So Redding and Top Rack do not like each other.
2: <laughs> okay. They
0: do not like each other. And Redding, Redding was the big bad Ducati rider at one point, And BMW backed the dump truck up to get him thinking that was going to help him out. So this isn't the first time they've paid big money to get a top rider. Right. But Redding has twice now, I believe, definitely once, but twice now I believe he's been on the track and decided he can't make up any more positions and pulled in mid-race. Just went and told him there's no reason to put myself at risk. Give me a better bike. Forget that guy, dude.
1: Okay. That's a, I would fire. If I was a team manager... And I had a rider that came in and said, your bike's not good enough. I can't do any better. So I pulled off. I would fire him on the spot. Absolutely. On the spot. Your job is not to tell me that my bike is not good enough. It's to go ride the bike at its best and finish the freaking race. Because if nothing because else. A
0: sponsor, a sponsor has paid to put whatever on the side of that bike. Mm-hmm. Let's just say BMW even. It says BMW on the side of bike. You're the factory team. They want that turning laps in the hopes that it makes the camera as much as possible. Yeah. And yeah. you can still make the camera in seventeenth, eighteenth place. Yep. I mean, they'd probably rather you went and crashed the bike. So well you'd... if you take last place, you get more cheers. <laughs> yeah, we found that <laughs> out huh?
1: Yeah, we, from the live crowd. Oh, what they a trooper. The guy in last place. What a hero. Yeah. <laughs> what bike is that? You know, it's got great uh, stamina, <laughs> endurance. <laughs> <laughs> So Uh, I would fire someone on the spot if they did that. The first time I'd be like, what? No. Yeah. Let's talk about
0: this, buddy. But then.
1: Yeah. And then if they do it again, it's like, "Okay, nope. You're obviously not a racer. No racer pulls in and says, I can't do any better. That's not. You push the bike to its limit. And if you can't do any better, you push it past its limit. If you wreck out because you're like, I can't do any better. So I was pushing the bike past where it could ride, that's one thing. Right. All of all accept that, and that's so, fine, but
0: whew, I'm upset. Anyway. So the the money bet is Redding is he's gone. Okay. Who knows where he'll land or if he does. So we'll have top rack on the top BMW. BMW's trying. Yeah. they're gonna get this, they're gonna get this right so I wonder if
1: KTM's doing the opposite because are they in world superbike nope nope so maybe they're doing the opposite of BMW where they're like hey we we're gonna start at the top and once we <laughs> figure that out, then we'll build a bike for everything else whereas BMW is you know? like, well, we make a bike let's see if it can race and then maybe one day maybe I don't actually honestly honest opinion, I don't think BMW's ever going to go. I think they make a super bike purely because someone at the BMW factory wants a superbike. So they've convinced enough people that it's worth it and they like racing. I, anyway, I don't I want to
0: see an in, I seen an interview with Gerloff and okay. I'm going to, I'll leave all the names out, but I'll quote it as close as I can. Garrett Gerloff's own words. Uh, he had a opportunity to to write a stock that's 1,000 or M1000 rather. Okay. So the same bike as he races in World Superbike. Right. He said he was surprised at how fast it was, but he said he wasn't contractually obligated to say that. He said it really is a fast bike. He said some of the struggles that they have is it's hard to argue. He said the electronics are so good. Huh. He said on a BMW, they're just so good that it's hard to like, Explain. I know you like to pick on BMW and say they don't have a soul and all that. And he didn't just go with it. He, he didn't exactly use those words, but what he said was it's so good. And I know that's cliche. That sounds funny to say. It's so good. And even he was saying, it sounds weird to say that, Mm -hmm. but you need, you can have too much grip coming out of a corner. You need the bike to slip a little bit. Mm
2: Mm-hmm
0: and you need the bike to you you need to fill it you need to feel what's going on behind you yeah and he said they can tune all that stuff out of there so good that it's kind of hard to come back to your programmer and be like hey i need you to mess this up a little bit i need take
1: it back to a bike so i can feel it so i can feel it riding i mean it's the same as you could argue it's the same as peco with ducati
0: that's true that's, That's, what, true. That's what basically saying.
1: what he said, right? He's, he's like, you've made it too good to where I don't know what the difference between the edge and over the edge is. So,
0: yeah. yeah. Garrett was definitely alluding to that, but it's interesting. I think, I mean, there's a lot of arguments out there. There's We've talked about it before, but you say the BMW needs completely revamped. Maybe the S1000 stays the same, but maybe they should make the M1000 an entirely different bike. A lot of people say the it's the it's it's in the swing arm. Mm -hmm. the way they do their swing arms for their street bikes will never work at that level. I'd like to see them do good, obviously. So you'll quit giving me crap is the biggest reason more and more. They're putting riders that I like on the bikes. So just, just always
1: remember that I convinced you to buy an S 1000 back in the day. Okay.
0: Where do I send the check?
1: Taking full credit.
0: Where do I send the check?
1: Hey, when you win a race this year, yeah, it's all
0: me. (laughs) That's good. I just started reading a mind gym. I just started reading the book mind gym. It's supposed to make me a better racer. Mind gym. Yeah. Like mental health
1: exercises It's or mental focus exercises.
0: It's, it's, it's a positive thinking for athletes. Basically In okay. envisioning the envisioning where you want to be rather than, ah, yes. yes. In, instead of, instead of going out there and say, I can't do this because of this, this, and this, Picture going the out win. there and saying, "Why not me?" Picture the win. Picture the win. So, I don't know, man. I, I'm only on chapter one, but I, I bet if I make at least chapter seven of the fourteen chapter book, I could probably, I could probably win.
1: No, you have to picture you re- finishing the book.
0: That's where it starts. <laughs> anyway, I like BMW riders. I'm a guy who roots for riders. Yeah. Of course I root for bikes but no uh,
2: I I never agree. took a
0: second look at KTM honestly in MotoGP until Jack went there and mm-hmm. now nah, I just bought a KTM jacket the other day like I <laughs> here you we know, are. I'm, <laughs> yeah. go Jack you know I yeah. and and I'll, there's certain riders that I'm just going to follow them no matter where they go mm-hmm. and I have my own preference on bikes but BMW I'm really rooting for them because they're putting I'm a Garrett Gerloff fan He happens to ride a BMW. I root. I was rooting for him when he was on the Yamaha, but Cameron Bobier. He's on a BMW now. That's cool. Yeah,
1: yeah. Don't get me wrong. I like BMW. I like their bikes. I always like the S1000. I have my differences with the newer models, um, but I haven't actually spent enough time with one to fully have an opinion on that. And a lot of it comes from I watched so many bike reviews of that bike that I've got like everyone else's opinions, you know, sitting in the head. So you go out on a bike and you've got everyone else's opinion there and you're just trying to compare and see if it's true or not. So you don't really open up your own path to what you actually think until you debunk, if you will, everyone else's opinions. And I don't think I've had enough time on one to fully get rid of that. Uh, I will say the time I spent on yours There's no argument for how fast that bike is, but I would love to ride a Ducati. (laughs) Yeah. I would love to ride a Ducati uh, and realistically an R1 and a CBR because I've ridden yours. I've ridden my Aprilia. They both have this feeling of you're going so fast and you don't know it. It doesn't wow you. I would say the Aprilia for me a little more because it's got. It, it's a V4, so it's got that torque a little bit lower, I think. So, it kind of gives you that pushback, kind of the whole time. But I to go back to you know what Garrett might have been saying with all of the new bikes, I think you could put them all in that category if the electronics are so good that you don't feel it. You know, the the soulless that you mentioned earlier, I think it's everywhere. I don't think it's just BMW. I think it's everywhere. So
0: anyway, just my two cents with. on that. BMW is coming. Yeah, with
1: top rack. That's 2024, right? Yep. Be next year. So it'll be a season to look out for.
0: Let's move to Moto America. All right. But I want to start this.
1: Let's move past Moto America. That's it.
0: No, I'm just I, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Go ahead. So our boy Anthony got to race Moto America again. Mm-hmm. But before we talk about that, he also came out to Utah this week. Sure did. And I haven't got a chance to catch up with him yet. Uh, he was hitting me up, saying if I was going to be out there, but I was at the KTM Motor Hall. All right? Uh, did you see his post on Instagram?
1: Uh, probably. You'd have to remind me of which one.
0: With the all the medals, it's it's him and him and two of his friends or whatever. One, yeah. one of them, one of them's decked out. I don't know the gentleman in the picture with him, but uh, come on, man, save some for the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> how, how am I going to go out there? You just going to drive up to Utah and take home all the medals? Hey, you know, uh, there's a reason he's riding
1: for Altus and their <laughs> Moto America team.
0: <laughs> so I signed up for that race right mm-hmm. uh, today. I officially signed in for race two. Okay, so I'm picking the classes I'm going to race in and everything. And I kept going back and comparing it to the one, the ones Anthony was in. And there's there's a couple of them that cross over. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be sharing the track in a couple of them. Right. <laughs> and that's why I started reading the book. <laughs> Anthony, I'm coming for you. I got I to gotta finish this book. The mental focus is there. Think about-
1: he's going to get to Chapter 7, positively <laughs> dream and think that he's in Chapter 14 at the end of the book, and then envision himself in the win. He'll be good to go. It. Watch out. Just remember, I told him to buy the S1000. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
0: So... So he, uh, he got the opportunity to race the second race Mm -hmm. in Moto America.
1: Yeah. Second weekend, third and fourth race. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Second, third and fourth race. Yep. Did you, you see how he did?
1: Uh, I believe it was 20th in the first one and 16th in the second.
0: Uh, caveat for those that don't know, I think that race filled 30 plus bikes. I can pull up, pull that up because I, I just want to point out that the results 20th is, I'm sure not the results he wanted, but, uh, in a MotoGP race, at that's stock 1000. Yep.
1: at Alabama race one stock 1000 results 30 with three DNFs. Yep. So 33,
0: I just throwing that out because he's 20th. He's I'm calling it mid pack.
1: Yeah. Well, and, yeah he did take 16th 16th race 2 mhm race 2 so yeah. yeah and i i talked to him obviously anything other than a win every racer is going to be like not the out- outcome we were looking for uh which i think is to be expected but he also got to remember he's a he's a privateer most of the time and doesn't have a ton of experience on a suzuki i believe with this one also first time at this track so You know, that's asking quite a bit of a guy that hasn't done a Moto America season or two or five or ten or however many. Really not bad, honestly. Not bad at all. So we're definitely proud of him over here, I'd say. Absolutely. Hoping. uh, Any word on,
0: is that that it for uh, him racing for those boys?
1: I haven't heard either way so far. Brandon Posh. Yeah, I haven't heard anything. I know their their next race, I was actually just looking at the calendar because I don't keep up with Moto America quite as I should, but their next race is this weekend, so or this next weekend in a week, uh, June 2nd at Road America, which is pretty quick. So I haven't asked uh, Lugnut, and I haven't seen any news on that yet, but I, I would venture to guess, purely a guess here, that if Brandon Posh is still out, that he would be called back again. Um, But I have no confirmation on that. So, or on the the status of BP right now. So,
0: just getting these other classes out of the way. Did you see Kayla Yakov got on the podium?
1: I did not see that. Now, the only, I watched both of the super bike races, but that's all I got on
0: YouTube because I don't have the app. So, it was good to see Kayla Yakov Yakov finished second. That was cool. I I always keep an eye on her. I, Enjoy watching her come through the ranks. It'll be interesting to see where her career goes. But she's been injured, so she missed the first round. She missed Daytona, and then the first round for Twin Cups. Okay. So she, you know, she she should be rusty and playing catch up, but she stuck it right on the podium. So that was cool. Good news. Good news. She's the real deal.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think we're both. uh, I think we like her attitude uh, because it's her attitude. And yeah. it doesn't play to that at all. Like you would not suspect, but what one could easily throw in there. She doesn't play towards that at all. She's a racer as even as everyone else in her head and everyone else's. So yeah, she stated,
0: uh, she stated, she stated she wants, she doesn't want separate classes. She wants to beat the boys.
1: Yeah. Which is nice to see. So yep,
0: absolutely. It's cool. Yep. It'll be interesting to see where her career goes rooting for. Yep.
1: I haven't, but, I don't have any actual, uh, info but i do follow max toth on instagram been
0: seeing i oh man i should i shouldn't Why say why you good. bringing up bad stuff i don't think he's doing so hot
1: well yeah but i thought it i think he put a bike down injury maybe i don't remember anyway i just like to keep my eye on americans that are
0: that's our great hope right there yeah so,
1: we'll get more for you later
0: on max yeah. toth hopefully good news it'll be okay we started the year with arguably the greatest Moto America race of all time. Back to back races. I mean, race yep. one, race two, amazing. Great race race for their time. own reasons. And we're not giving up on that. Moto America has a lot of potential this year. Yeah, it should. I'm not giving up on that. I'm going to blame the track. No, that's, that's what everyone, everyone else was saying. So, the bike did not lend itself to the BMW. Mm-hmm. it's the track's fault, not the BMW's. Yeah. Always. No, it, it's, uh, <laughs> but it, but it is true that the Atlanta was straight shoot, you know, mm-hmm. big, long straights.
1: Yeah. Power hungry. Yeah.
0: Power hungry track. we went to kind of the other end of the spectrum at barber. Yep. Came up with slightly different outcome. Um, I wouldn't say slightly. Well, it was quite a different outcome except for the front yeah. guy. Didn't seem to mind. no, So So,
1: I don't know. I mean, your top three both days are hit it. The the same Yamaha's except it looks like Cam Peterson wrecked out race two. Yep.
0: So Jake Gagne, number one, to be expected. That's three wins, three out of four wins for him. It's Um, just people are already already starting to take a nap. Don't take a nap just yet. For me, it's not the wins; it's the difference.
1: Okay, yeah. So that's what was hard. I, I almost took a nap. That's what was hard <laughs> watching on YouTube. I was like, "Man, come on! This is supposed to be the season. We were bragging to everyone. This is the season. I It'll can't have okay.
0: this. It's gonna be okay. I hope so." So, so there really were there were some so. factors in there. Do, do you have in front of you? Do you know where where Cam qualified? Uh, don't have quali- qualifying. I can pull it up if you want. If you would, because Cam started back a little further and was in a, unable to clear some traffic. If you, if you overlay the laps, uh, the time that time that was lost was. You'll
1: Be looking at Q two, I believe. Yep. So Cameron Bobier was in fifth for qualifying. Yep. Q two, the the three Yamahas, Gagne, Peterson, and Schultz. and then an Escalante yep. on a Suzuki. And Bobier and Jacobson and then Heron. The rest is history.
0: So, so what did you think of the race you didn't sleep through?
1: So I, I thought they were good races. It was just kind of sad to see both of the, the two Yamaha boys take off again and be so far ahead because it was such a such a lead. The fights between Heron and the BMW, I hope that the rest of the tracks lend themselves more towards Ducati because obviously I'm a Heron fan. I like Cam Bobier. He's got to have something to offer this year. Just coming back from from Europe, because I know, for me, riding at just track days, not racing, but you know, after riding at Thunderhill in Utah, and then going back to the Ridge, it opened up my eyes a little bit. Right. There were things that I hadn't seen that way before. But I was like, "Well, I did this. I just rode in Utah, and you know, it opens you up different different ideas, if you will." Right. So I'm hoping that that helps Cambodia out having spent the time going all around the world and all these new tracks that everyone else hasn't been on should give him a better perspective. And I do think... I mean, he's never ridden a BMW anywhere. Right. So this is first year on a, a BMW. This BMW is brand new bike. So I don't want to make excuses for him, but if I was going to make them, those would be the two excuses I would make. Yeah, And he's and still I, up I there. He's still fighting. So I still think it'll be a good year. Like you said, Don't don't go hanging out the moto america
0: remote yet yeah Um, not after you talk everybody into buying their app so (laughs) yeah i think next week we'll be telling yeah you know if if jake gagne comes out and wins the next two well and the only issue i had was that
1: in atlanta they were like oh the arm pump the arm pump the arm pump for Gagne. That's all they were talking about all weekend. Like, oh, that arm pump must really be hurting him. And I was like, come on, just give the other guys the credit. And then this week he just takes off and he's gone. And
0: I was like, oof. Because he's had the surgery now.
1: Yeah. I was like, was it the arm pump? <laughs> and that didn't just, in fact, that was it. That was the only difference. So I do think, obviously, I don't, I like Schultz. So I don't want to talk bad, but he's usually not there in third. He's usually a bit further back. Uh, other, bit...
0: other years he has been. Yeah. Uh, less competitive years. As a, right. He seems to be like he's in that top three. But as the competition level steps up in Moto America, he drops back. He's staying down.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, and so I used him as my reference this weekend to say that this is a Yamaha happy track, if you will. Because he's a good rider, for sure but I would usually put him behind the other guys. I'd put the two Yamahas and then probably Cam and Heron and then him. Right. If I was like predicting a lineup, that's what it would be. So when he was up there ahead of the other guys, I was like, okay, that is telling me that this is a track that Yamaha can do
0: very well on very easily. Well, those Yamaha boys, it was going to be hard to beat them regardless. Mm -hmm. Because it's the same bike. Year after year after year, I mean, they make fine adjustments. You've got Heron throwing the kitchen sink at his bike because, yep. I mean, Petrucci raced it, but those two guys aren't the same.
1: Well, and that not to interrupt you, but there is such a difference. When when you watch Gagne out there, and they, he, he's good. Don't get me wrong. That guy's good. He can ride a bike, uh, and they'll talk about it. But he'll go out, and he'll bust out these two or three super quick laps, And then he'll just settle into this groove. So it feels like you see him in this groove more than anything. He looks like he's just, you know, Sunday cruising. Whereas Heron's out there and his bike's rocking back and forth, sliding out from under him, bouncing. That's Heron, man. That's just how he rides. Well, is that him or is that the bike?
0: Uh, I've seen him on a lot of other bikes and he's just kind of a violent rider, maybe I'd call it. Yeah. Well, and maybe that's why we just, maybe
1: that's why we like him so much. Uh, cause I'd, I'd rather have that and unpredictable than a dude that, I mean, yeah, we've talked about it plenty of times with, with MotoGP, with everything, right? The dude, the robot out there on the bike that just makes it look so easy is not fun to watch. Right. It's cool. You don't take the credit away. Yeah, absolutely. He's a good rider, but it's just not as fun to watch. So, and that's just where it's at. Again, I, I, I don't mean that in any, aspect of I don't think Gagne is a good writer, or I don't think Petco is a good writer, or anything like that because those guys are obviously amazing. They're producing amazing results. But,
0: Imagine how good Gagne could be if he ate meat. <laughs> is he
1: a vegetarian? I didn't know that.
0: I, I believe so. So
1: That reminds me of some some show the wife was watching today. Someone was like, I'm like 80% vegan. So I'm vegan most of the time. I was like, that's not vegan. It's not how that works. <laughs> you're either vegan well, or you're not. Anyway. Well,
0: I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure he is. So imagine he would probably already have won MotoGP like three times if he needed steak, everyone's once while.
1: No, no. So he didn't put too much weight on. That might be true.
0: He could cut yeah. his hair though, and he'd be good.
1: <laughs> that would probably make up the difference. He does have quite the hair. Yeah. Honestly, I don't. i would be interesting to see Gagne head over to MotoGP, but I don't think he ever will. The thing. If I were, if I were him, I wouldn't. Why would I, he?
0: I, I, I said earlier that I root for riders. Mm -hmm. I don't root for him. It's okay. It's
1: because we can't pronounce his name, actually.
0: Gagnier. Yeah. So, he... uh, I still can't quite get over. So, and I should. Sorry, Jake. Because I I know he's out there beating track records. Almost... He set two track records this week. He set one Mm -hmm. on the first race. He set one on the second race. So... Obviously, he's going faster than Cam has ever gone. Right. But watching him behind Cam when they were on the team together, Cameron did the same thing to him that he's doing to everybody else. Cam dominated him. Yeah. Most times, right? Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, now Cam comes back and he's on a BMW. So it raises all these questions. I'm hoping the BMW is the bike, you know, that they can give him what he needs, all those things. But in my mind, Cam will always be the better rider. Yeah, because he proved it a few years ago. Yeah, but that's on the flip side of that. I feel bad for Jake because people like me do think that. Yeah, and this is his chance to prove that he deserves and he is better and all those things to you know the common man me. But but at the
1: end of the year, when Gagne wins and Cambobia is there in second or third, are you going to say, well, Jake's the better guy, or are you going to say that BMW doesn't have it?
0: Yes. Yeah,
1: exactly. Right. So I'm gonna say, if
0: he wouldn't have been limited on that BMW, he
1: would have killed him. Yep. Yep. Well, and that's yeah. always the question though, too. I mean, it's I think that is what makes motorcycle racing so great in almost any racing, but they are all different in yeah. your, in your top boys. They're all the manufacturers are different and the riders are different. And so you can have an amazing rider on a crappy bike that produces. Okay you can have an amazing rider on an amazing bike that does really well or you can have a not so good rider on an amazing bike that does okay and so you get that that good mix and then it's less watching well a little bit less watching racing and also deciphering like who is actually good and which bike is actually good and that's so let me put this out there again that's why i love the fantasy you pick riders and you pick teams so you can build your dream team Right, and that's why I kind of actually wish that Moto America would do a fantasy. And just like,
0: to make it competitive, you just have to not let anybody pick (laughs) Gagne.
1: Yeah. Uh, Well, that's why they have the boosts, the turbos.
0: Right, well, then I just turbo Gagne.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, Grid Rival does the star. You can't do it on the most expensive guy anyway, so I guess there you go.
0: That's true, that's true.
1: I think, uh, like you said, I do think Red America will be the uh, a good decider to see how the season
0: will actually be. So in, in case you missed it, I did want to bring up one thing about MotoGP before we end this thing. Okay. It's old news, but you haven't said anything to me, I don't believe. I thought I would laugh and laugh and laugh to get your reaction in real time. But have you seen Peco's latest statement he's in trouble for? No. I don't think we've talked about it. I don't remember talking about it. After the last race, mm-hmm. Pecco was doing an interview okay. on an Italian station, is my understanding. But some mm-hmm. one of these fine reporters went ahead and listened to some of the other interviews, You know, combed some of the other interviews trying to find sound bites. Right. You didn't see what he said?
2: mm
1: Nope. And it's not really popping up. Some people refer to look for controversy. No. That might be him recovering from it.
0: Pecco said,
1: "This is not verbatim. There needs to be a gap between factory and independent."
0: Yeah. Uh, okay. So he said there needs to be a gap between the f- between between the factory and the independent writers. He said the independent writers should be on worse. He said it, he kind of used it as an excuse for like safety. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to stop all the crashes. You need to slow down the satellite teams. To spread the field out more? Yep. So it's an interview,
1: not a... I can't read it. Dang it. Yeah. It's in Italian. Ah. Well, that means we'd understand it perfectly.
0: Oh, yeah. I forgot. (laughs) I forgot we're (laughs) fluent Italian speakers. Yeah. What do you think about that? What say
1: you? So, I mean, he says... I can Just reading here, it says 6th or 7th,
0: 10th advantage. What? So MotoGP... MotoGP for the last twenty years has been working on how to make it competitive and fun to watch and all those kind of things. They've done a way better job than F1. Mm-hmm. Sorry, F1 fans, but it's MotoGP true. is the product that they're putting out right now. Aside from maybe some aerodynamics making it hard to pass potentially, and some things like I mean, they still pass though, and we're getting yeah. different winners every week. We've got yep. we've got winners putting them on the ground from. You know, I mean, if nothing scores.
1: else, dudes are throwing their bikes in the gravel. So yeah. if you're like a NASCAR fan and you're a NASCAR fan for the wrecks, get over to MotoGP because
0: they're there. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm not
1: happy about it, but they're there. So.
0: <laughs> for him to come out now, is the pressure getting to him? And he's like wanting to pop off with some excuses on, because he's on a factory bike. So he wants to go back to the days where the same guy won every race every week as long as that guy's him i've told you before like i'm i i like peko but there's some chinks in the armor if you will i know you don't there's certain aspects of him that you don't respect or enjoy or like or whatever and Uh i i argue with you but that comment right there i went whoa how you should want to win I mean, come on, he's he's acting like he's riding a Harley Davidson. They got to make rules to make sure that he can win. If you
1: are the world champion, let's go back to your book, Envision the Win. (laughs) If you are the world champion and you're here here to defend your title, you should be willing to say, put everyone on my bike. I am the better rider. Agreed. Right. That's what it should be. That should be your level of confidence. That should be your level of riding.
2: But it's if just, you're
1: the world champion, that is the top motorcycle rider in the world.
0: But it's not just that. How did you get there? Yeah. You, you drove a, a, a Yeah, Ducati. Mm-hmm. Thank God they thought enough of you to give you the same power as the other guys, or you'd still be riding a Pramac.
1: Yeah, true that. because I mean, it's like everyone's saying that this is going to be Alex Marcus's year to show, you know, if people stop wrecking into him anyway. To show that he is a championship rider because he's on a better bike now. If you, that's, uh, I'll have to go and actually watch the interview and get back to you again. Yeah, but you're, you're going to love it. That, just hearing about
0: that. No. <laughs> what? Yeah, uh, I think it was the head of KTM. They asked him to comment on it. And he, he said a naughty word. Interesting. It, people are not happy with him about it, including inside Ducati, I think. That's it was funny. a, there's was a big no-no. He's been trying to do damage control ever since. But mm-hmm. but he should, because that was a dumb comment, in my opinion. Yeah. There's no way that the sport's not better. I always say, for those that don't know, but for those that don't know, if you go back 15 years, there was five guys that could win a race mm-hmm. on in the whole field. And everybody else was just fill-in fill riders. And those five guys would win every week, whatever. But now, and when you read his comments, you'll see there's more to that comment than just the end. He Mm -hmm. said when they line up, he was saying it as a negative. He said that when they line up, every bike on the grid has a chance to win. And that's not right. And I went, whoa, it sounds to me like MotoGP has made the most amazing motorsports series in in history for to be able to line up in last place and think you got a shot to win. That's exactly what the fans are looking for. Yeah.
1: Well, and it's true. Brad from, Fifteenth to fifth.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's some guys few out weeks there that few never gonna win a race.
1: Well, I'm just saying, like, but they could. Yeah, and it's no, there's no, there's absolutely zero reason to ever take that back. No, it's awesome. Right the, fact, when it comes the fact, the fact that we're we, in the right we, spot now. We start, and I, I don't even know how to put it, but just like you said, I don't actually know. I'm on the edge of my seat the entire time because if it weren't for the wrecks, could you imagine? If right. if as many people weren't wrecking out as they could, I mean, Bezeki, right? We were looking at him when they ended last year. He's pulling through this year, but Bagnaia is right there with them, Right. Jorge Martin's a one or two lap wonder. We're doing sprints this year. That's his game. Jack yep. Miller's right there. Brad Bender, for some odd reason, pulled out a KTM out of nowhere. Mark Marquez is back without injury. You've got the rest of Honda that's useless. Anyway, the two Whoa. Aprilia boys. Whoa. Well... Anyway, the two Aprilia too, boys whoa. arguably could come out either weekend and maybe win, maybe not. And then all of the rest of the Ducatis. And I I hate Ducati for having so many bikes on the grid, but at the same time, yeah, no, you, it absolutely okay. Let's up fix the playing that. Field.
0: No, let's fix that right now. I you need to stop with that. No. Thank Ducati. No. If Ducati didn't have eight bikes on the field, we might not eight have four sport to bikes. watch
1: anymore. Okay, you're right. Yeah. In that case, thank you, Ducati, for supplying the world with Italian speed and everything else that you've ever done. Uh, Valentino Rossi and Pirelli. And yeah, you're great. Eight bikes.
0: I would much rather have a couple of has zero. leave the green bikes home. But uh-huh. I'd be much happier with two BMWs, two green bikes, and the Suzuki's back in the field. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, let's put an MV Agusta out there. Uh, uh, why not? Those
1: bikes, those bikes look great. They're fast too. They look great.
0: They're fast on Wednesday afternoons, and then they're back in the shop again.
1: They're fast. Yeah, they're fast. I most I would of the buy shop MV problem,
0: Listen, MV Agusta. Most of the shop problem is not that they really need a lot of work. It's just that when they do need work, you have to put them on a slow boat, ship them home, mm-hmm. wait for them to get fixed, and ship them back.
1: Yeah, or are they sitting in a Kawasaki dealership waiting for that boat to get over here? <laughs> Usually about eight to 12 weeks for a part. Yep, yep, yep. And Unless the uh,
0: COVID hits and then you got supply chain issues and we turn yeah. that to eight months.
1: Yeah. Anyway, Envy Agustas are great, beautiful. They, are, they aren't they are slow. Don't get me wrong. Definitely they not slow. They got too many
0: exhaust pipes sticking out of the tail.
1: Oh, I love it. That's a. That's that's exactly a... How it should be. It's like when you open an old beamer in line six and you've got an individual throttle bodies for each
0: cylinder. I love that. Yeah. Absolutely I love it. No. Keep it simple, stupid. That's what I say. Nope. 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 You you like Dodges then? You're a know, Dodge fan? Huh. Well, they put like multiple spark plugs on every cylinder for no reason. So when I think Dodge,
1: I just think Cummins. So you lost me. Sorry. They have You're- a whole nother sector in Yeah. Well, they might as well not anymore.
0: Anyway. Hey, it it relates. They put a Viper motor in a motorcycle once so that we can talk about them on a motorcycle podcast. There we go. You get it.
1: Yeah. Well, and Diesel Brothers made a motorcycle out of a cement mixer. So
0: we don't want to talk about those guys. Now we've gone too far. (laughs) We better end this thing. Uh,
1: All right. Well, what do we got coming up? So Moto America again next week obviously kind of back to back for us two weeks apart for them, but due to awesome Germany, Germany trip back to back and then MotoGP the week after that, I'll be getting the Aprilia rebuilt hopefully this week, maybe next week. They'll be on the lookout for that.
0: We're ticking a couple, couple more weeks closer to the track day circus, track day circus. Once again, Again, still not sponsoring us, but we're sponsoring them. We are here. Buy your tickets.
1: (laughs) Go to to track day circus. Uh,
0: Come and see us
1: yeah we'll be out there apex assassins out there legion motorsports or legion track days i guess is the other one that'll be out there yeah come say hi uh if nothing else even if you don't buy tickets to to ride come hang out Bunch of stuff going on said it before we'll we'll keep saying it come visit for one day or or both days it's fourth of july weekend so there's definitely plenty to do in and around umc and i'll say it one more time i think we've got ken hill to back us up here on this one now it's the UMC perimeter, maybe the last time ever offered. There are people, wink, wink, nod, nod, that are trying to make it so that's not true at some point in the future. But uh, as for the foreseeable future, last time the perimeter may be offered at UMC. So if you're looking for a great track that is one of a kind and an amazing experience, Track Day Circus is your venue.
0: Absolutely. We appreciate everybody that subscribed. like to ask that you... Subscribe if you haven't. Follow us on JK Moto Instagram as well.
1: JK Moto Podcast. Yep.
0: JK Moto Podcast.
1: Yep. And if you're not on YouTube and you're on any other platform, go ahead and fit, hit that follow button. We'll be here every week. We're not leaving anytime soon. So we're not going to be one of those ones that has nine episodes and and dips out because they don't know how to count to ten. We're going to make ten and many more. I think okay, that's a yes. uh,
0: So one last thing, one last thing, and then we're ending this. Okay. So this is looking a little long, this podcast. Yeah. So the first person, the first person that comments what? I'm going to give away a free JK Moto t-shirt to the first person that listened to this podcast long enough and comments on YouTube with
1: Metzler MV (laughs) Agusta.
0: Metzler, via Augusta. I'm sending out a free t-shirt.
1: Go ahead, comment. Comment that.
0: Subscribe.
1: Follow us on Instagram. Send us a DM and we'll get your info and get you a, a t-shirt sent over.
0: Perfect. All right.
1: Thanks for being here. We'll see you yeah, guys next week.
0: You. See ya.